welcome to May I Inquire, the Michael Silver podcast. As you can probably guess from the title, I'm your host, Michael Silver. I'm an attorney and a partner at Schutz & Bowen, a full-service business law firm with offices throughout Florida. May I Inquire is my chance to have conversations with thought leaders of different backgrounds and across various industries. I'll be talking to my guests about many things, but mainly law, leadership, and life, and more specifically, how the law impacts their professional and personal lives. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Mickey Grindstaff. Mickey is a real estate and development attorney who for seven years has served as the managing partner of Schutz & Bowen. A longtime Orlando area resident, Mickey's involvement in his community includes service on the board of the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts and the Orange County Sheriff Foundation. Mickey's devotion to his alma mater, the University of Central Florida, is well known. He previously served as chair of UCF's Board of Trustees he also received the Distinguished Alumni Award in 2019. Mickey's service to the legal profession includes his term as chair of Florida's statewide Federal Judicial Nominating Commission. Mickey Grindstaff, welcome to May I Inquire. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. You are about to complete a seven-year run as we sit here today as managing partner of Schutz & Bowen, one of Florida's largest law firms. And I'm wondering... Um, because I know you have to do it probably more than once in a while. If you could give me and our listeners sort of the 30-second elevator speech about Schutz and Bowen and why you think it's great and what you think you've done to help make it a little bit better. You added that last part. <laughs> I did. Yeah. The um, Well, let's, let's face it. We've been around 111 years. Um, somebody somewhere is doing something right. I think we've been around 111 years because we have been nimble and uh, willing to change and, and do what we need to do to adjust to the various market conditions over the years. If I were in, in the elevator literally and had that length of time to tell you about Schutz and Bowen, I'd tell you we're a 111-year-old law firm made up of outstanding attorneys and staff members, very collegial group, uh, a lot of teamwork, with a statewide platform where you can come and grow and excel. I'm sure you've had a lot of goals, and I know you and I have talked about some of those over the years, but why don't you talk about some of the goals you've had for the firm during your service as managing partner and um, maybe give one or two that that you feel you've accomplished in a big way or some of the big wins you've been able to get and, and why you're proud of some of those things. Well, the there were three primary goals I had when I, I um, campaigned seven years ago for the position. And uh, I say campaign loosely, but um, some they, people might say you were drafted into it, but yeah. be that as it may. Well, when you, when, when you, you're the only one that forgets to step backwards, it's like the three <laughs> stooges, you're left out front and you, you get the job. Um, the three primary goals were to increase um, our recruiting firm wide. We've been aggressive until COVID slowed us down a little bit, but we're back in the aggressive mode now. But during that uh, first six years of the last seven, we recruited well over 200 attorneys. Secondly, I wanted to help uh, younger attorneys uh, originate, help them uh, understand how to originate and literally get out and ask for the business, get when involved you, in, the, in the community and ask for business when they see opportunities. And when you say originate, you mean generate business, get, get clients in the door and, and uh, get, right. get clients to send us legal work. 
That is correct. Okay. To, to generate business. And, and many of the older attorneys uh, take that for granted. You know, they're used to uh, asking for the business. They're, they're used to listening for opportunities. And, and then some of the younger attorneys uh, have not lived through that. And, and they didn't have to do that. And I, I actually like that part of the, the profession. And um, I thought I could help. And I know, I know in my heart of hearts that I've helped a number of uh, younger attorneys excel in that area. And then a third category was I, I wanted to raise the profile of the firm statewide, which I think, um, I think we've done. And uh, not me, but I think we have done that. And um, I, I use an example that I felt like, you know, as a hundred and five-year-old firm at the time, we were like Cheerios on the bottom shelf of the grocery uh, aisle. Um, we were rock-solid cereal, but we were on the bottom shelf, and we deserved to be on the at eye level, eye level with Frosted Flakes and whatever the prevailing brands are. And I think we have, uh, we've regained our position on uh, eye level shelf space. Let's put it that way. I think I heard you. I know I heard you say when you took over this role several years back that Shuts and Bowen has a great story to tell. We just need to get out there and tell it. That's um, right. And I know that's been a priority of yours. I, you mentioned uh, helping younger attorneys. And, and at one point I was a younger attorney. I don't know that I am as much anymore, but I know that's important to you. And, and, I think it energizes you, and I'm I'm wondering um, if that might have been one of the more rewarding aspects of this job. Is no, no question, okay. no question. What's really really fun and and rewarding is to watch, not necessarily younger, but attorneys who have not uh, reached their peak. Watch them get close to reaching their peak, and watching um, attorneys that you you know from from the beginning. Uh, literally excel. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple of them that used to work on many of my projects. And, um, and shortly, in a few months, I'll be working on their projects for them. <laughs> and, I, and I look forward to doing that. You also talked about getting out there and asking for business and helping the younger attorneys originate work, generate work. And I think that's one of the hardest things that attorneys uh, that I've had to learn and many attorneys have a hard time learning is just being uh, being willing to ask for the work and, and not being afraid to just ask a client or a potential client to send work your way. You have a very successful practice and have for many years. Um, how did you start to, lo- to learn how to do that and get up the courage to, to go up to someone you may know pretty well or not that well at all and, and say, hey, hope you'll send me a file here and there? Yeah, just literally ask. You get to know people. I don't bug my friends. I'd rather be friends than 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 uh, the attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the opportunities present themselves. You got to pay attention to them. Put yourself in uh, in a position where you're aware of what's going on. Invest in yourself in terms of you know whether it's CLE credits or community involvement, where you can meet people who who would be in need of legal work. In terms of your services managing partner, I'm sure you had a pretty good idea of what to expect coming in, uh, but I'm sure this job has thrown you some curveballs as the practice of law in general does. And so I'm wondering what some of those surprises have been 
Um, and, and maybe some of the things you've learned from those, uh, both in the practice of law as well as in your leadership skills and in life in general. Wow. That's a, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. There's a large um, spectrum there. On, on one end, I can say that, um, yeah, you, you can be disappointed by, you know, folks can disappoint you personally in terms of, of um, whether they're selfishness or refusal to cooperate or refusal to, to compromise or work with the team. That can be very discouraging. That's that's on one far end. Yeah. On the other far end is uh, you. Could, it's it's unbelievable to to witness the uh, unconditional compassion for for one another as well as the clients or the community that sort of thing. Um, I'd, I'd sort of lived in the middle somewhere along the way, but to, to see both extremes was was. Um, Enlightening, let's put it that way. So, and, and what have you taken from from your time as managing partner, um, in terms of uh, learning not just about the firm, but but really about you know you've been a leader in so many things in the community, but but this is obviously its own its own job with three hundred lawyers that you're responsible for, and just as many staff members and client relationships. I'm wondering what you take from this job and and how you apply it to your other leadership roles and, and in your life in general? Hmm. That's, um, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I, um, you're rarely speechless, Mickey. So no, I must've stumped I, you. You did. You stumped me. I think, I think the, what would I take from this to, to other, um, activities? Um, I, I think just, you know, persistence, uh, stick to you know, there's always a solution. You just got to find it and, um, and try to be authentic and sincere and honest. And even when folks don't want to deal with you, just keep asking and, and, and explaining why they should. And, uh, most more often than not, you'll, you'll make some progress. Making it as part of, uh, your, your services managing partner, one of the main things you do obviously is, is work with nearly 300 lawyers on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm sure some people would, would uh, recoil in horror at the thought of that. And some people might joke uh, about having to work with that many lawyers day in and day out. Can you give us uh, maybe an example or tell us why, why that's not as bad as some people might think and, and why you've enjoyed doing that for the last seven years as managing partner? Sure. Well, I think here at Shuts, I think we're very um, fortunate to have, um, Talented lawyers. I think, as you know, we're pretty uh, selective in the recruiting process uh, in the entry level, first years, at the clerk level for that matter, and then first years and then laterals were pretty selective. Um, and we have a lot of terrific talent up top to help teach and uh, mentor our younger attorneys. And I think one of the things that makes the job a lot easier than, than you might, one might first think of, you know, 300 attorneys, you know, herding cats, et cetera. One of the things that makes it easier is that the talent is so strong and the professionalism is so strong that, um, you know, there's a, there's a commitment to excellence. There's a commitment to one another. There's a commitment to 
uh, the client, and you just see people trying to do it, get it done right. You know, commitment to ethics, which is which is paramount. Uh, and um, uh, I, I think it's not as bad as uh, as you would think it is. I mean, most people are cooperative. Most people want to work together. Most people want to help their their fellow attorneys. And um, there's some difficult moments, you know, when you get into personality conflicts among partners or staff members. So you try to be fair about that kind of stuff. Looking forward, uh, your service as managing partner will will end. But how do you see the role of lawyers, both at our firm, Mickey, and, and, and going forward more in general, uh, developing, um, especially from where you've sat, being in, in the driver's seat or the captain's chair, so to speak, at, at the head of a large commercial law firm in Florida? Where do you see us going, both as a firm and as a profession? Well, I think the firm's going to continue to grow. I think the, the firm will excel. I think we'll, we'll excel at a faster rate. Um, I don't want to grow. I don't think we should grow just for the sake of growing. I think we uh, continue to attract uh, high-quality laterals like we have in the last few years. Part of that is going to be because they, they watch their peers come here and excel, okay? And they know that they, they too can excel if they're given the right opportunity in the platform, and that's our job. You uh, plan to return, I know, to the active practice of law, and I know you've kept up your practice, but, but you'll be practicing full-time again as opposed to uh, devoting a significant amount of time to managing the firm. And a lot of people would probably ask you why. Why at this point? go back to just practicing law. Why not hang up your spurs, so to speak? And so what are you thinking and, and what are you looking forward to? Well, a couple of things. First of all, the managing partner role, I think, is a role that has a shelf life. It can be very rewarding. It can be very frustrating, but it's no matter what it is, it's 24-7, 365. I mean, even when you're not necessarily on the phone, there's a stack of things that they, that could have you on the phone. I think you have an optimum period of time and then it begins to decline. When that begins to happen, um, I don't think it's fair to the firm for a person to hang around and including myself, if, if, if they're not as excited about it today as they were the day they took, took the role over. So now getting back to real estate practice, um, I enjoyed it for 30-plus years before doing this uh, management role, and I think I you know, was pretty, pretty good at it at the time. I look forward to doing it again. I look forward to maybe dabbling with some real estate projects of my own. I would like to get back and try that for a couple of years before totally uh, hanging up the spurs, as they say. You've been a real estate development lawyer for many years, Mickey. You talked about maybe doing your own things, uh, but I know you've had a hand in number of projects in the Orlando area and throughout Central Florida for many, many years. And so as Florida continues to grow, um, I, I'm wondering what you see happening uh, in development throughout Florida, where you think that will will take our state in, in the next decade or two? Well, I think we are right now. I think we're experiencing the beginning of a boom. Um Sure seems like it. No, no. We got people moving here like never before. The housing market's doing great. The industrial market is is on fire as well. And I think sooner or later the office and commercial retail will pick back up. 
And, um, you know, the people are coming. Why are they coming? They're coming for a number of reasons. Um, you know, I think the economy has got the low interest rates right now. Things are happening. You know, there's a lot of people who are willing to take risks and get going. A lot of people are relocating to Florida from other states uh, as the land of opportunity because of our favorable income tax situation here in, in Florida. Um, of course, our weather and our uh, our beaches and our attractions and that sort of thing is a great place to raise a family. I think the real estate business in Florida continues to excel uh, all over Florida, uh, not just Central Florida, but all over Florida and South Florida. And then you, in South Florida, you can add to that the relocation of of folks from uh, South America and Central America, not just other parts of the United States. And we're going to get our fair share here at Shuts and Bowen. I'm wondering if you think that Florida may experience uh, a housing shortage or a shortage of affordable or reasonably affordable housing. And do you have any thoughts on on, um, how we might address that? I think we're definitely going to. We're already experiencing a shortage. It's going to get worse if we don't somehow incentivize folks to provide the supply. And to do that, there's got to be, there's got to be help. There's got to be a reason. Um, you know, I mean, it's a worthy cause to talk about, but you know, it, it's hard to get people just to spend money to, to do that and without being incentivized to do it. So I think you're going to have to see, you know, some of the tax deals, some of the, um, Maybe some impact fee waivers, maybe some joint commissions of the counties and the cities like in, in, in Central Florida. I know the city of Orlando and Orange County work together trying to solve the problem. It's a huge problem. Yeah. And it's easy to have this, you know, the circular finger pointing uh, contest as everyone wants to blame someone else. But it's, a, it's something we got to tackle. It's amazing having lived in, in Tampa Bay my whole life. And I know you've been here a good many years, Mickey in the Orlando area to look at what prices are and how they continue to just explode. And it almost explodes your head to, to look at what they're costing these days. And it's <laughs> only, right. it's only going up day by day. Um, uh, changing subjects a little bit. Mickey, you've long been involved in various leadership positions, both in the legal profession and in the community. You served as chairman of the board of trustees of the university of central Florida, your alma mater. And I'm wondering in all of those leadership positions, how you balance the competing interests that are, that are just uh, endemic to those sorts of positions. That's a fair question. Let me, let me, um, let me try to answer it. It's, there's nothing magic there. There's nothing, um, nothing, nothing from a textbook that I picked up. I think having served on a number of boards positions less than the leadership role. I had an opportunity to observe a lot of different people and a lot of different uh, styles, some of which resonated with me, some of which did not. And um, I think just over the years, I've, I've learned to listen, listen first. Um, I try very hard to build a consensus when it's possible. Um, I think in order to do that, you've got to uh, earn trust. Okay, you got to get the trust first. People must trust you so that they, they need to know that 
you really are trying hard to get it right. You really are trying hard to do the right thing for the firm or for the organization, whatever it is. You're not trying to do something for yourself or for your favored friends within that organization. You're just trying to get it right. You got to get it right so you can move on to do something else, right? So I think, I think listen first, try to build a consensus. Um, if you, if you earn the trust early, I think you, you're given the benefit of the doubt on that, um, building the consensus, even though people disagree with you, you may, you may say, okay, we'll, we'll give this a shot and you give it a shot and, you know, you make progress, a little bit of progress here and there goes a long way. I think the things you talked about, about listening and building consensus and earning trust, those are certainly qualities I, I, I've seen in you and observed in you in, in your term as managing partner. And I think they could serve as, as a guide to anyone really who's in a leadership role, both inside the legal profession or outside of it, um, as to how to build some credibility um, and how to lead. There are a number of things. I think um, I like to uh, work hard. I, I do think I've, I've uh, earned the trust. So it takes years to do that, by the way. Sure. And uh, part of that is is showing up on time, doing your little, doing whatever your little thing is. You know, if, if it's a small role, do your small role well, and and you'll get a bigger role. Do that one well, you'll do a bigger role, and, and you'll get a bigger role, and you'll you'll have an opportunity to to excel. I like to do that. I like to bring fun to the workplace. Okay? There's nothing wrong with having fun in the workplace. It's okay. And I try to stress that. And I think a little camaraderie, a little fun, a little collegiality goes a long way. Um, well, you always say that that you're a cheerleader for the firm and you're a rah-rah kind of guy. I'm a rah-rah. I've been accused of toxic posi- uh, positivity. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, but uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It may or may not apply at times, Mickey. Yeah, well, that that's okay. I, that's okay. I would rather uh, suffer from toxic positivity than uh, toxic negativity. Put it that way. You bet. Um, I think our culture and, and our collegiality, and you talked about that earlier, earlier, is sort of built on that. Everyone is is here to do a serious job and not take themselves too seriously, try and get along, try and help our, our fellow colleagues and, and our clients most importantly. Uh, but I do think we have a good time here, here at Schutz um, in a job. That's not always the easiest job that there is uh, out there in this world. But I, I do think, you know, doing the small things well will always serve you, uh, serve you well in the long run because what happens is you, you, you get bigger assignments, right? You get bigger response. You, you, you get bigger jobs, more responsibility, more trust. Everywhere along the way, you're building trust, which is fragile. I mean, you can lose it if you, if you mess up. In a heartbeat. Yeah, so you got to stay the course. And, um, and, and then there will be times when you get your teeth kicked in. When you get your teeth kicked in, you got to get it, you know, you got to put them back in and, and, um, and, and keep going. I, I think that you can't get discouraged when, when things don't work out the way you want them to work out. Embrace it and move on. Building trust, it, it, it goes back to relationships, but that also applies to our attorney-client relationships, our relationships with other attorneys and, and referral sources. And I think what you're talking about, about being positive, building trust, building consensus, those, those things seem to apply in any sort of relationship. 
speaking of relationships, I, I know you've been married for many, many years. You have children and grandchildren. And you said a moment ago that, uh, you know, managing partner requires hard work and it's pretty much a 24, seven, 365 job. And, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about, uh, the role your family has played in your service as managing partner and in your career in general. Well, that could take a, a long time to, to tell you that story, but my wife and I have been married um, for over 41 years. I'm very proud of that. Um, the, um, we, were with a, we were with a small group uh, just recently and look around and not, you know, that, that's, that's rare. 41 years Indeed. is rare, at least. It's something in, to be in, proud in, of. In our, our age group. And, and I, I'm proud of that. And she's been very supportive along the way. She's been challenged with, with some of this stuff. It's hard to totally turn it off. Like I say, it's 365 to 24, seven, 365 all the time. And, and it's not always, you know, fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's been very supportive. And I know she'll be. Uh, happy to have you back. A little I'm bit happy more. To, to, to change roles. We'll see what happens there. I mean, our, our, so we've got uh, two children, four grandchildren, and um, we have a lot of fun with them when we when we can. So there'll be more of that coming up, I'm certain. Good for you, and I know it's well deserved. Uh, I know one of your hobbies in the in the little spare time you have is following UCF, um, supporting them, and uh, I wanted to give you this opportunity, Mickey, for the. Um, perhaps thousands, but more likely dozens of people who will listen to this to explain <laughs> why in the heck you, Mickey Grindstaff, and, and, and your fellow uh, UCF boosters think that UCF actually won a national championship in 2017. Here's your chance. Make your case. Let's hear it. Well, really, it's, it's very simple. They were undefeated, right? We were, we were undefeated. We were the only undefeated team in, in the D Division One, And we beat Auburn decisively in the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Peach Bowl. And Auburn had beaten Alabama decisively at home. And Alabama had knocked off Clemson in the, um, in the uh, national championship that year. We were the only undefeated team. And... I know folks say, well, you beat the team that beat the team that beat the team. Well, well yeah, we did. Spoke, we did. You know who else? The, spoken with the lawyer's logic. You, you know who else didn't? You know who else did that? No one. No one. Okay. So, so that matters. Undefeated is undefeated, Mick. Undefeated is undefeated. Yep. Mickey, to, to thank you for, for joining me um, on the podcast, I'll be making a charitable donation in your honor. And I wanted to ask you who we'll be contributing to today and, and why is that? Uh, a worthy cause that's near and dear to your heart. Well, I, I um, you might think I would say UCF athletics. I thought you might. Well, but and and I would, but uh, uh, I would uh, pre would prefer for you to make the contribution to an organization called Lift Orlando. Tell us about Lift Orlando, Mick. Lift Orlando is a, uh, an organization started by local community leaders um, whose mission is to improve the quality of life and the neighborhoods surrounding uh, Camping World Stadium. And um, uh, the leadership team is, uh, is a platinum group of leaders here from Central Florida, uh, not just uh, 
business, but civic leaders and politicians, and they they're committed to uh, improving that neighborhood for uh, for the local residents, and it and it's a very worthy cause. And I I will be contributing personally, and and uh, if you guys in the firm wants to contribute, appreciate it very much. Sounds like a worthy cause indeed, Mickey, and and uh, glad you're supporting such a such a great organization. Um, Mick, it's been a pleasure uh, working with you these last seven years. It's been a pleasure being your law partner for longer than that. And uh, it's been a pleasure being and continuing to be your friend. Thanks for joining me. Uh, it's been fun talking with you. Hope it wasn't too terrible. It wasn't too terrible. And I wish you the best with the, with the podcast. Mickey Grindstaff, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Michael. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of May I Inquire. I hope you'll join me for future conversations. For more information about Schutz and Bowen, please visit us online at Schutz.com. I'm Michael Silver. Thanks for listening. This podcast should not be construed as legal advice and is intended for general informational or educational purposes only. Its distribution and receipt does not constitute an attorney-client relationship with Schutz and Bowen. The views set forth in this podcast are the personal views of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of Schutz and Bowen.